Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. <clears throat> we read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. <clears throat> On that same menu, there is a link also to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook reading, workbook lesson, and the text reading for the My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from uh, about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, with Section 9, The Purpose of the Body. And at the top of the hour... We'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. Today is lesson 207. And that will be led by Fran, as usual. And today's lesson is, I bless the world because I bless myself. Thanks for bearing with me this morning. There we go. Well, um, as I said before, this is one of my favorite things. Let me ask you, Lori, do you have a poetic opening for the call? Why, I do. One of her latest works, I think it's called The End of Self-Improvement. The End of Self-Improvement, Joan Tollefson writes about groundlessness of being, and it goes like this. The only place that is truly alive and real is this moment, regardless of whatever shows up in it, whether it's grief, happiness, sadness, anger, addiction, depression, elation, bliss, finger-biting or bird tweets, whatever it is, the aliveness is in the presence. Presence, awareness, is the aliveness, the vibrancy, the freedom, the joy, the love that we long to realize. And more and more, the trust seems to develop in this simple presence. More and more, there is a willingness to let go of all things we're holding on to, all the ideas and beliefs and methods and techniques, a willingness to stop running away, a willingness to simply be present and trust in the goodness of being from which we are never separate. That is the jewel beyond all price. We all must discover this for ourselves. The groundlessness of being, and I bless the world, 
because I bless myself in this. Amen. Wow. I love it. Thank you. Mm, thanks, thanks Mari. This is a great find. <laughs> thanks a lot, Mari. Okay. Um, um, with us in reading this morning, I have Lori, Fran, Robin Marie, Judy, Karen, and Jessica, and I have Carla listening. Is there anyone else who's uh, who's joined us who would like to say good morning and either read or just listen? Good morning, Lemoyne. This is Lana, and I can read today. Great. Thanks, Lana. Morning, this is Sandra, and I'll be listening. Welcome, Sandra. Okay, I'll go ahead and get us started then with the reading in the text. In chapter 18, the dream and the reality... Section 9, The Purpose of the Body. It is only the awareness of the body that makes love seem limited, for the body is a limit on love. The belief in limited love was its origin, and it was made to limit the unlimited. Think not that this is merely allegorical, for it was made to limit you. Can you, who see yourselves within a body, know yourself as an idea? Everything you recognize, you identify with external, with something... Okay, let me read that again. Everything you recognize, you identify with external, something outside itself. You cannot even think of God without a body or some form you think you recognize. And Lori. Uh, Chapter 18, The Dream, Section 9, Purpose of the Body. 71. It is only awareness of the body that makes love seem limited, for the body is a limit on love. The belief in limited love was its origin, and it was made to limit the unlimited. Think not that this is merely allegorical, for it was made to limit you. Can you, who see yourselves within a body, know yourself as an idea? Everything you recognize, you identify with externals, something outside itself. You cannot even think of God without a body or some form you think you recognize. 72. The body cannot know. And while you limit your awareness to its tiny senses, 
You will now see the grandeur which surrounds you. God cannot come into a body, nor can you join him there. Limits on love will always seem to shut him out and keep you apart from him. The body is a tiny fence around a little part of a glorious and complete idea. It draws a circle, infinitely small, around a very little segment of heaven, splintered off from the whole, proclaiming that within it is your kingdom, where God can enter not. Thank you, Lori and Fran. 72. The body cannot know. And while you limit your awareness to its tiny senses, you will not see the grandeur which surrounds you. <clears throat> Excuse me. God cannot come into a body, nor can you join him there. Limits on love will always seem to shut him out and to keep you apart from him. The body is a tiny fence around a little part of a glorious and complete idea. It draws a circle, infinitely small, around a very little segment of heaven, splintered from the whole, proclaiming that within it is your kingdom, where God can enter not. 73. Within this kingdom, the ego rules, and cruelly. And to defend this little speck of dust, it bids you fight against the universe. This fragment of your mind is such a tiny part of it that, could you but appreciate the whole, you would see instantly that it is like the smallest sunbeam to the sun or like the famous ripple on the surface of the ocean. In its amazing arrogance, this tiny sunbeam has decided it is the sun. This almost imperceptible ripple hails itself as the ocean. Think how alone and frightened is this little thought, this infinitesimal illusion, holding itself apart against the universe. The sun becomes the sunbeam's quote-unquote enemy, which would devour it, and the ocean terrifies the little ripple and wants to swallow it. Thank you, Brent and Robin Marie. Seventy-three. <clears throat> Within this kingdom, the ego rules, and cruelly, and to defend this little speck of dust, it bids you fight against the universe. This fragment of your mind is such a tiny part of it that, could you but appreciate the whole, you would see instantly that it is like the smallest sunbeam to the sun, or like the faintest ripple on the surface of the ocean. In its amazing arrogance, this tiny sunbeam has decided it is the sun. This almost imperceptible ripple hails itself as the ocean. Think how alone and frightened is this little thought, this infinitesimal illusion holding itself apart against the universe. The sun becomes the sunbeam's, quote, enemy, unquote, which would devour it. And the ocean terrifies the little ripple and wants to swallow it. 74, yet neither sun nor ocean is even aware of all the strange and meaningless activity. They merely continue, unaware that they are feared and hated by a tiny segment of themselves, 
Even that segment is not lost to them, for it could not survive apart from them. And what it thinks it is in no way changes its total dependence on them for its being. Its whole existence still remains in them. Without the sun, the sunbeam would be gone. The ripple without the ocean is inconceivable. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Judy. Yes, thank you. 74. Neither sun nor ocean is even aware of all this strange and meaningless uh, uh, mind activity. <laughs> they merely continue, unaware that they are feared and hated by a tiny segment of themselves. Even that segment is not lost to them, for it could not survive apart from them. And what it thinks it is in, is in no way changes its total dependence on them for its being. Its whole existence still remains in them. Without the sun, the sunbeam would be gone. The ripple without the ocean is inconceivable. Such is the strange position in which those in a world inhabited by bodies seem to be. Each body seems to house a separate mind, a disconnected thought living alone and in no way joined to the capital thought by which it was created. Each tiny fragment seems to be self-contained, needing each other for some things, but by no means totally dependent on their one creator for everything, and needing the whole to give them any meaning, for by themselves they do mean nothing, nor have they any life apart and by themselves. Thank you, Judy. And Karen? 75. Such is the strange position in which those in a world inhabited by bodies seem to be. Every body seems to house a separate mind, a disconnected thought, living alone and in no way joined to the capital T thought by which it was created. Each tiny fragment seems to be self-contained needing each other for something, but by no means totally dependent on their one creator for everything, and needing the whole to give them any meaning. For by themselves they do mean nothing, nor have they any life apart and by themselves. 76. Like to the sun and ocean, yourself continues unmindful that this tiny part regards itself as you. It is not missing. It could not exist if it were separate, nor would the whole be whole without it. It is not a separate kingdom ruled by an idea of separation from the rest, nor does a fence around it, excuse me, nor does a fence surround it, preventing it from joining with the rest, and keeping it apart from its creator. This little aspect is no different from the whole, 
being continuous with it and at one with it. It leads no separate life because its life is the oneness in which its being was created. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica? 76. Like to the sun and ocean, your true self continues, unmindful that this tiny part regards itself as you. It is not missing. It could not exist if it were separate, nor would the whole be whole without it. It is not a separate kingdom ruled by an idea of separation from the rest, nor does offense surround it, preventing it from joining with the rest and keeping it apart from its creator. This little aspect is no different from the whole, being continuous with it and at one with it. It leads no separate life because its life is the oneness in which its being was created. 77. Do not accept this little fenced-off aspect as yourself. The sun and ocean are as nothing beside what you are. The sunbeam sparkles only in the sunlight, and the ripple dances as it rests upon the ocean. Yet in neither sun nor ocean is the power that rests in you. Would you remain within your tiny kingdom, a sorry king, a bitter ruler of all he surveys who looks on nothing, yet who would still die to defend it? This little self is not your kingdom. Arched high above it, and surrounding it with love is the glorious whole which offers all its happiness and deep content to every part. The little aspect which you think you set apart is no exception. Thank you, Jessica and Lana. Uh, I'm sorry, Lamaine, what paragraph? My um, computer just scrolled down. Now I'm trying to get back to the paragraph. Okay, yeah. It's uh, 77 and 78. Okay, good. All righty. 77. Do not accept this little fenced-off aspect of yourself. The sun and ocean are as nothing beside what you are. The sunbeam sparkles only in the sunlight and the ripple dances as it rests upon the ocean yet in neither sun nor ocean is the power that rests in you would you remain within your tiny kingdom a sorry king a bitter ruler of all he surveys who looks on nothing yet who would still die to defend it? This little self is not your kingdom. Arched high above it and surrounding it with love 
is the glorious whole which offers all its happiness and deep content to every part. The little aspect which you think you set apart is no exception. 78. Love knows no bodies and reaches to everything created like itself. Its total lack of limit is its meaning. It is completely impartial in its giving, encompassing only to preserve and keep complete what it would give. In your tiny kingdom, you have so little. Should it not then be there that you would call on love to enter? Look at the desert, dry and unproductive, scorched and joyless, which makes up your little kingdom. And realize the life and joy which love would bring to it from where it comes and where it would return with you. Thank you, Lana. And is there a new reader for 78 and 79? Oops. Yeah, 78 and 79. Excuse me. New reader? This is Sandra. I can read. Great. Thanks, Sandra. 78. Love knows no bodies and reaches to everything created like itself. Its total lack of limit is its meaning. It is completely impartial in its giving, encompassing only to preserve and keep complete what it would give. In your tiny kingdom, you have so little. Should it not then be there? that you would call on love to enter? Look at the desert, dry and unproductive, scorched and joyless, which makes up your little kingdom, and realize the life and joy which love would bring to it from where it comes and where it would return with you. 79. The thought of God surrounds your little kingdom, waiting at the barrier you built to come inside and shine upon the barren ground. See how life springs up everywhere? The desert becomes a garden, green and deep and quiet, offering rest to those who lost their way and wander in the dust. Give them a place of refuge, prepared by love for them where once a desert was, and everyone you welcome will bring love with him from heaven for you. They enter one by one into the holy place, into this holy place. But they will not depart as they had come alone. The love they brought with them will stay with them and it will stay with you. And under its beneficence, your little garden will expand and reach out to everyone who thirsts for living water that has grown too weary to go on alone. Thank you, Sandra. 
And uh, one more time, is there another new reader for, <clears throat> excuse me, 79 and 80? A new reader for 79 and 80? Okay, back to you, Lori. The capital thought of God surrounds your little kingdom. Waiting at the barrier you built, come inside and shine upon the barren ground. See how life springs up everywhere. The desert becomes a garden, green and deep and quiet, offering rest to those who lost their way and wander in the dust. Give them a place of refuge, prepared by love for them where once a desert was. And everyone you welcome will bring love with him from heaven for you. They enter one by one into this holy place, but they will not depart as they had come alone. The love they brought with them will stay with them and as it will stay with you. And under its beneficence, your little garden will expand and reach out to everyone who thirsts for living water, but has grown too weary to go on alone. 80. Go out and find them, for they bring your capital self with them, and lead them gently to your quiet garden, and receive their blessing there. So will it grow and stretch across the desert, leaving no lonely little kingdom locked away from love and leaving you out inside. And you will recognize yourself and see your little garden gently transformed into the kingdom of heaven with all the love of its creator shining upon it. The holy instant is your invitation to love to enter into your bleak and joyless kingdom and transform it into a garden of peace and welcome. Thank you, Lori. And Fran. 80. Go out and find them, for they bring yourself with them, and lead them gently to your quiet garden and receive their blessing there. So will it grow and stretch across the desert, leaving no lonely little kingdoms locked away from love and leaving you inside. And you will recognize yourself and see your little garden gently transformed into the kingdom of heaven with all the love of its creator shining upon it. The holy instant is your invitation to love, to enter into your bleak and joyless kingdom and to transform it into a garden of peace and welcome. 81. Love's answer is inevitable. It will come because you came without the body and interposed no barriers which would interfere with its glad coming. In the holy instant, you ask of love only what it offers everyone, neither less nor more. Asking for everything, you will receive it, and your shining self will lift the tiny aspect which you tried to hide from heaven straight into heaven. No part of love calls on the whole in vain. No son of God remains outside his fatherhood. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. 
81, love's answer is inevitable. It will come because you came without the body and interposed no barriers which would interfere with its glad coming. In the holy instant, you ask of love only what it offers everyone, neither less nor more. Asking for everything, you will receive it, and your shining self will lift the tiny aspect which you tried to hide from heaven straight into heaven. No part of love calls on the whole in vain. No son of God remains outside his fatherhood. 82. Be sure of this. Love has entered your special relationship and entered fully at your weak request. You do not recognize that love has come because you have not let yet let go of all the barriers you hold against each other, and you will not be able to give love welcome separately. You could no more know God alone than he knows you without your brother, but together you could do no. But together you could no more be unaware of love than love could know you not or fail to recognize itself in you. Thank you, Robin Marie and Judy. Closing my eyes. Thank you. Be sure of this. Love has entered your special relationship and entered fully at your weak request. You do not recognize that love has come because you have not yet let go of all the barriers you hold against each other, and you will not be able to give love welcome separately. You could no more know God alone then he knows you without your brother. But together, you could no more be unaware of love than love could know you not or fail to recognize itself in you. You have reached the end of an ancient journey, not realizing yet that it is over. You are still worn and tired and the desert stuff still seems to cloud your eyes and keep you sightless. Yet he whom you welcomed has come to you and would welcome you. He has waited long to give you this. Receive it now of him, for he would have you know him. Only a little wall of dust still stands between you. Blow on it lightly and with happy laughter and it will fall away and walk into the garden love has prepared for both of you. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And Karen. 83. You have reached the end of an ancient journey, not realizing yet that it is over. You are still worn and tired, and the desert dust still seems to cloud your eyes and keep you sightless. 
Yet he whom you welcomed has come to you and would welcome you. He has waited long to give you this. Receive it now of him, for he would have you know him. Only a little wall of dust still stands between you. Blow on it lightly and with happy laughter, and it will fall away and walk into the garden love has prepared for both of you. Amen. Thank you, Karen. Um, is there anyone else who would like to read the 83? This is Jessica. Um, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I thought I was going to read it. I think you're next. If you want to read it, um, yeah. Okay. Bring that good news again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You have reached the end of an ancient journey, not realizing yet that it is over. You are still worn and tired, and the desert's dust still seems to cloud your eyes and keep you sightless. Yet he whom you welcomed has come to you and would welcome you. He has waited long to give you this. Receive it now of him, for he would have you know him. Only a little wall of dust still stands between you. Blow on it gently, lightly, (laughs) and with happy laughter, and it will fall away. And walk into the garden love has prepared both of Thank you, Jessica. Perfect coda. It brought us right to the top of the hour. So I ask that you Join with me in thanking Fran for the way she leads the lesson every day. Because I can see that, that one tying right in here. Um, so, join with me in thanking her, and please give your attention to Fran. And Fran, I'll turn it over to you to lead us in Lesson 207. Well, thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and we are on Review 6. And today, we're on Lesson 207, which is the review of Lesson 187, I Bless the World Because I Bless Myself. So I shall read a couple paragraphs from the introduction, and then we will go over and do our five-minute practice on the lesson. Okay. Mm, There is but one exception to this lack of structure. Permit no idle thought to go unchallenged. If you notice one, deny its hold and hasten to assure your mind that this is not what it would have. Then gently let the thought which you denied be given up in sure and quick exchange 
with the idea we practice for the day. When you are tempted, hasten to proclaim your freedom from temptation as you say, this thought I do not want, I choose instead, and then repeat the idea for the day and let it take the place of what you thought. Beyond such special applications of each day's idea, we will add but few formal expressions or specific thoughts to aid your practicing. Instead, we give these times of quiet to the teacher who instructs in quiet, speaks of peace, and gives our thoughts whatever meaning they may have. To him, I offer this review for you. And we'll go now to our lesson. Lesson 207. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. I bless the world because I bless myself. God's blessing shines upon me from within my heart where he abides. I need but turn to him and every sorrow melts away as I accept his boundless love for me. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. And we'll take our five minutes now.
Lesson 207. I am not a body. I am free, for I am still as God created me. I bless the world because I bless myself. God's blessing shines upon me from within my heart where he abides. I need but turn to him, and every star melts away as I accept his boundless love for me. I am not a body. I am free, for I am still as God created me. Amen. Thank you, friend. Amen. Thank you, friend. Oh, thank you, friend. Thank you, guys. Good morning, it's Karen. Um, This morning when I went to call in for the lesson call, I couldn't get in. It was really interesting. I tried about six or seven times. And then I thought, okay, well, I'll just meditate. And I had already read the reading of the day and the lesson. So um, I went in. And I start with just, I accept God's love. I open to God's love accept it and and I feel like um, there are energies and thoughts and stuff that seem to not be in alignment with that but that's okay because they're just being released and opened and I had this image over you know it was over the whole hour but I had this image of me and um, that little tiny fence around me that that keeps me separate from the whole of God, the whole of God's love. And I asked to take down this fence and just feel the the oneness. And as the fence comes down and I open to the divine and to the love, that blesses the world. I'm like a little microcosm of the world anyway. You know, when I accept God's love, it's a microcosm of accepting the blessing for all of the world and all of my brothers and sisters. And I had this interesting experience where a person came to mind, and I was trying to turn over my thoughts and not go into any of them, but this person came to mind, and I felt a complete ego 180 like I don't feel safe with this person and I want to keep her out and I want to block her from I don't want to feel her don't let it don't make me feel it it's almost like sexual abuse again you know don't make me have to take this you know and uh, it really just all of a sudden it it popped and it because I, I kept offering it to the Holy Spirit, imagining him holding Jesus' hand, 
and saying, I don't want this thought. I know it's the ego. I know it's the ego. I don't want this. I want to let this go, this sense of separation and seeing this other person as an other and not part of the unified field of the divine, you know, imagining it to be a, a separate entity and I'm separate and, you know, we're in that thing. And all of a sudden it was just like, I remember how much I hated my period in childhood because they bullied me. They bullied me. They came over to my house and they stole my mother's bill money and they drank all the beer in the refrigerator and filled the bottles with water and and they went in my room and broke all my 45s. Like six people did that. And for months they called me up and they threatened me and told me I better not show up in town. I mean... I hated them so much. And it's like this emotional memory was still in my body, in my, not my body, body, but somewhere in my psyche. And I don't want these emotional memories. I don't want these ego blocks of a nightmare story that happened. And I don't want the interpretations that went with it, you know, to be fearful of other humans. Anyway, um, thank you for letting me share that. It was quite interesting because I just held, you know, the the intention that I wanted to be the field and drop the fence around this little speck of dust that is my separate self. And then the Holy Spirit brought something up that took me into a place where there was something locked inside me that I identified with and never healed. And complete. Thank you. What a powerful release. Thank you for sharing that, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. That was such an honest, authentic share. Oh, God, thank you for your trust in us. Um, It's just an honor to hear your shares, not just today, but all of them and reflect upon them and return the love that you're giving to us, the love and trust. So thank you so much. I'm reminded real quick of, um, you know, why these emotional scars show up in our lives about an incident that happened years and years ago. And it's, at least in my experience, I have to heal that ouch. For me, it was my father's death. And every time I thought of him, I couldn't even look at a picture of him. You know, it was like a knife going into my heart. And although it was a different kind of pain than yours, I still have, you know, I still had that pain whenever I thought of my father. And I didn't want that. I loved my father. I adored my father. I wanted to think, when I think of him, Now, I have only those loving thoughts and experiences that we share together. And all of that anguish and pain and the ouch I felt has disappeared. And that's why they come up. You know, those memories come up. Holy Spirit brings them up. They're just underneath the surface of consciousness. 
they're so close to that miracle impulse level where it where it resides. So he brings it up for me to look at it again and to heal it. And I don't have to think of it as a failure on my part or anything like that. It comes up to heal. And when I look at this that way, that it's for my own inner peace, it becomes easier to let go of. I'm not letting go of, I'm not judging anything to be right or wrong, good or bad. I just want the peace of God, and that becomes my motivation for letting it go. It's, it's, self, it's, it's to bring myself peace and to release both my brothers and myself from those painful memories. Because for all we know, those people that were so nasty to you, maybe by now they're seeing the effects of those actions. So we can send them love and heal. We can send ourselves love and he- to heal. And in our healing is everyone healed. And that's the happy outcome I think Jesus wants all of us to realize. So, again, thank you for that beautiful, wonderful share. I'm complete. That was beautiful, Anna. Thank Thank you, Mama. That was really nice. Thank you, Lana. Just in in short, Karen, thank you so much. This is Mindy. I was thinking just before you shared that when I allow myself to be healed, it does bless the world. When I'm healed, I'm not healed alone. As I allow myself to be healed, it blesses everyone because we are all in contact with each other. So my forgiveness heals me. And it also heals others. Thank you for for sharing your story. It was really I I I ditto other people's sentiments that you come on and you're so honest and so vulnerable and share with such a willingness to heal that it really opens up my heart and I, I thank you. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Thanks, Mindy. This is Jessica. Um, yeah, that that brings to mind for me. I mean, <laughs> it's in my mind a lot lately because you know what what happens whether it's you know, time doesn't really matter. Whether it's the present or a memory of a past pain or oh, somebody's not muted. Um, right now I'm in a situation where the family of my new grandchild have, um, I believe, created reasons to find fault and injury and disrespect perpetrated on them by my family. And I never thought I would be in this kind of situation because 
Um, none of us ever intended anything to be uh, like, you know, we made every effort to be kind, loving, supportive, appreciative, and all of that. But that doesn't matter because the script of forgiveness is operating in my life. And the way it's operating right now is that I whatever's going on with the other people and their perspective or perception of me and others in my family who are just my brothers and sisters, they're not special to me in truth. But whatever they're perceiving has nothing to do with the truth of who I am. My worth is established by God, and I need to remember that I didn't do any of these things or say some of the things that people seem to think I said and um, and attitudes and stuff like that. Um, but it's coming up for me to really release my own, release all the guilt that I, that might be left over from believing in this ridiculous idea of separation. My earliest memory from when I was five was pretty traumatic. And I realize now, partly with the help of Ken Wapnick talking about memories, that it was a um, metaphor of my feelings of the separation and my guilt about the separation. And so, like, when things happen that seem horrible and and wounding and blaming and, oh, no, I I didn't mean to hurt this person. Why do they think I hurt them? It's for me to recognize that I have never hurt anyone. They cannot hurt me. They cannot hurt me. In my, let's see, how did that lesson go? In my invulnerability, my safety lies or something like that. Um, and that's the truth of who I am as, as, um, uh, as a holy part of God in my, um, I am holy and anything, you know, all of the love is real and everything else is not. And so this is a huge lesson for me and it's, it was not. I would not have sought it, but it is here, and and it's not just for me. It's for my whole family, and so I have to work on my perceptions and my beliefs in the face of people who might be saying other things, and then watch them also come to realizations about the healing aspect of it and the release and letting go of blame and grievance for being, quote-unquote, treated unfairly, or um, how does the Course say it? Um, uh, I forget what the term is. But anyway, that's, it's, a, it's, it's a pretty disturbing process, but that's what bringing guilt up and releasing it, and, you know, I think that there's a lot of it for all of us, maybe from centuries um, and I hope I'm prepared to keep doing it 
until I don't have to do it anymore. I'm complete. Thank you, Jessica. Well, you made reference to a lot of great ideas. Thank you for that. Yes, you sure did, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, thank you, Jessica. I'm reminded of the waves on the ocean. They may appear to pile up into something fearsome or cancel each other out, but what they're always doing is passing through each other. Oh, thank you, Lemoyne. That's a great metaphor. Yes, thanks, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for your share, Karen. I just can see uh, your heart just so open and pouring God's love just pouring in there in all those places and with everyone on this call who hears your shares that they just send that love also to you that is so powerful and so magnificent and so beyond anything that has ever happened to you or to any of us in our lives. Thank you for your share. Oh, that was so gracious, Robin Marie. Thank you. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. I can feel your loving heart with your words, Robin Marie. Thank you. Hi, it's Karen again. I'll make it really quick. I um, I realized that I have a lot of like negative feelings about people, and uh, you know, like today's meditation was why there is a projection going on from the ego. There's something held that wasn't healed, wasn't forgiven, wasn't just let go of to be transformed emotional energy in the form of a memory, but emotional memory, you know, that makes me um, defensive against other people. And that's what the the whole thing was about, you know, just being in that um, open receptivity to the love of God, sitting in it, you know, and just waiting. And I kept saying, don't manipulate this, don't don't do anything, you know, like try to steer this somehow. I was just in the open receptivity. 
and just trying to say, yes, I feel your love and I open to your love and I believe in your love and let go of the fence around me that makes me feel separate. And then that thing came forward. Um, first it came forward in the form of a projection. Something came up about a person right now and all of this stuff flooded me. Like, I want to be separate from that person. But then it broke into, it just popped into the memories that it was really about that have never been healed. And I think that those are the things that really constitute our solidity in our body. These are our bodies, our memories. And the more that we can release and forgive and it transforms into light. And then we're not solid anymore. Our vibratory rate goes up and we're more subtle. We're more, um, we are more in a position to bless the world because the light of God is shining through us so much stronger. I had a lot of trauma in my childhood. I could keep going and talk about my father and my stepfather and my mother and every single aspect of my childhood for a few years there, for like five years, was a hell world of epic proportions. I don't care about any of it. You know, I don't want it. it, It's not me. It's in the past. I'm done with it. But, But I think there are unconscious pockets of of pain that were never touched with the love of God. And that's what going within is all about. And I was kind of conflicted today because yesterday's reading said, you don't have to meditate. You don't have to spend years and hours and go in and all that. But then the introduction told us that Jesus was saying he wants us to extend the 15 minutes to an even longer period of time of being in the stillness and being in the Holy Communion of the Divine. So I'm kind of like not quite sure where the guidance is going, but, um, you know, I didn't get on the call, so I just felt like I was supposed to meditate. I'm sorry I talked so much. I'm complete. Oh, please don't be sorry. You bring oh. so much. Oh, don't be sorry. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, don't be sorry, Karen. You first remembered yesterday's reading. (laughs) (laughs) That, uh, really, and especially in regards to the the painful, these painful episodes or, or maybe even extended patterns. I'm I'm kind of lucky that way. For me, it was just real severe episodes. But I changed my mind about life <laughs> in those moments and and set up yeah a dark cornerstone, if you will, that on which you can build all kinds of barriers against all people to protect against that happening again. And it's, you know, that past is gone. And uh, really need to do nothing 
that you know remember that pure purification is only of God and really don't need to do anything I think with these things but you know forgive ourselves for reacting with fear and let that part of the mind that fears and wants to be held safe by separation and just accept it back in to the one mind. And for that, I need to do nothing. Except, you know, quit treating that like it's an eternal, you know, whatever decision I made around those those turning points. And don't treat that like it's the eternal law of God because, you know, it's that's like trying to capture the sunbeam and uh you know, if the sunbeam does that to itself, well, it's still part of the sun. No matter how we conceive ourselves. Anyway, I'm complete. Thank you. Beautiful Karen. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you so much for opening up and talking more. Got you. Yes, thank you, Lemoyne. That was that was beautiful and so spot on. You know, this is Lana again. I just wanted to quickly share that spirit. You know, I it took a long time to learn this, but. He fun- functions um, from more of a generalized point of view. <clears throat> and very simply, he says, nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. And ego is hell-bent on making everything specific, a specific memory, a specific situation, and instead of looking the whole at the whole of my misperceptions in that they're all one and the same, they deny love and affirm fear. And that's the cause of my misery, <laughs> you know. So I can get lost in specifics. I can get lost in one situation being more painful or more meaningful than another. But the way God sees it is that none of it is true, regardless of how I want to define everything. It's just not true. So it looks upon only the light and love within us because that is what is true. And that too, you know, we, I can think of loving experiences and make one more important than another, but they're all love. They're all true. And if I can just simplify my salvation (laughs) into what is real and what is not real, what is true and what is false. You know, like Lemoyne says, I don't even have to go into specifics. I just have to notice I'm not at peace. And regardless of what I say or think or believe, cause my peace to be disrupted. Uh, The fact is, all I have to notice is that 
right here and right now I'm not at peace. So I must have been captivated by a lie. And it's to that I let it go because I want to let go anything that would block my inner peace because it's not just my inner peace. It's the whole friendship's peace. My peace is their peace and their peace is my peace because we're all one. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good reminder to myself to think in terms of, you know, the question I ask most often of Holy Spirit and I share it a lot is, um, what is the truth of this? That's all I need to know. You know, I don't need to have to go into specifics. I'll just say something will show up in my awareness and I look at it. I become a witness to it with Holy Spirit. And I'll just ask, what is the truth of this? Because I don't know what anything means. And if I'm open to welcoming in the truth, I'm sorry, I'm outside. I'm sorry for the background noise. A truck is passing by. Um, you know, oh, wait a minute. You know, once... Once I ask for truth and receive it and accept it, then whatever was disrupting my peace disappears and I return to the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> so anyway, uh, your share of Lemoyne brought that up my mind and I just wanted to share it. Thank you. That was a real blessing. Thank you, Lana. Thanks, Lana. Right on. <laughs> Thank you, Lana. This is Steve, and I'm really blessed by this community of ACIM and ACOL and Eckhart Tolle and Byron Katie, and I've been listening to this rewiring my brain, and there's a certain uh, cushion that, that we are now, uh, with, for each other, able to accept expand our tolerance to things that we were intolerant of before and perhaps stuck inside the cellar of our mind, which did not get rid of it. So this willingness to, when I'm uncomfortable, to allow the actually, uh, to, to, uh, to feel my feelings, not to censor anything that like loneliness or fear or anger, but to actually view it. And it helps to be in the community. And uh, that, that talks about the all-forgiving part of ourselves. And the actual memories of like maybe uh, something way back, because we've all been traumatized on earth every human being. Maybe the mother wasn't there for the milk for five minutes and it could affect the terror in a child of I'm going to die, whatever it is. But now we're able to re when I'm uncomfortable and I notice something coming up, just like splinters in the skin will naturally come up for release. And like Mickey Singer who lives near me, he always talks about <clears throat> this stuff is some scars, these patterns. The, the, the thing is, the hot, the, the, he says, the primary spiritual spirituality is allowing and relaxing. That's his technique. 
not oming or chanting or reading a course every day, but rather just that when you see it, he said, just relax and let it come up. Because it's in there because we, at some point in the past, we stuffed it. We put a lid on it. And so now all of these different people are talking, and, and us in particular, about talking about allowing us to, allowing myself to feel whatever it is. Churchill, or maybe it was Roosevelt, the only thing to fear is fear itself. And so this natural rewiring of the brain, I can go back and revisit a traumatic memory and rewrite it. And actually what will happen is the direction of my attention, this is what I just recently was listening to from Dan Siegel, the actual uh, guiding my attention to another, visiting whatever the the memory is, and then, and then bringing more consciousness, allowing to it, and even allowing myself to see that it was the best I could do at the time, and that indeed this such and such is not the truth of my being, but I can let it breathe. You know, we used to have cuts and you would put mercurochrome. First, you, you would put, like, iodine. It would sting, and then you would put mercurochrome, and then you'd put a Band-Aid over. Now what they're doing is just a little maybe water or maybe soap and water, but not hydrogen peroxide. Just let it breathe, and, 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 it, and it will work itself out because innately we have this restructuring going on in our brain that it integrates at all. And I see our community becoming more and more grateful, thankful, and, you know, our, our traumas are being exposed and released through this process of, of sharing. Oh, that's, it's a thought. It's not so much what happens to me, but it's the way I think about it. So, and the one thing I have control of is my thoughts. I can, I can watch them, and then I can choose another thought, like at the power of decision. So anyway... I'm all over the place with the same one kernel of truth is that our innate intelligence, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, is I'm opening to it, I'm allowing, and let, letting go and letting God. Take care of the specifics without bypassing, and I'm complete. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. That was great. That Thank was wonderful really. to hear you. Yeah. Thank you. you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And just to take off on um, some of the stuff I've heard this morning, especially in that first paragraph, where it says, only body awareness makes it seem like I'm limited for the idea that I can identify with the body uh, will limit me. But then he says, know yourself as an idea. Know yourself as an idea. 
boy, just just that one sentence. Um, you know, I can feel the expansion of my being with that sentence. Know yourself as an idea. In this reading, he uses the word awareness a lot. Aware and awareness. And what can be um, known uh, as opposed to seeing with the body's eyes and the limited senses of identifying with, uh, I'll say, personhood or, or body identification. But when I know myself as an idea, that opens up a lot right there. I have nothing, if I'm an idea, to defend, especially when I know I am an idea in the mind of God. I've heard so much this morning about uh, sharing, and I just, I can't help but refer back to chapter 5 when Jesus was talking to Helen. He said, one day you'll teach as much as you learn, and that will keep you in balance. And to me, that's the essence of this this reading, that he wants me to, to understand that all of God's creation is an idea in my Father's mind. It's all good and pure and holy and wants to bring awareness of love and happiness to me. But when I withhold myself, when I consider myself just a body limited, um, I'm bound to withholding in order to maintain this idea. So that's the idea that, that we're practicing here in these 20 lessons. I'm not a body. I am free, for I am still, as God created me, an idea, a holy idea in his holy mind. That starts to give me a sense of freedom from personal identity, you know? Um, if I'm a holy idea in the mind of holiness itself, where is personal identity? And that's the question of the purpose of the body. If I use the body, if I use the body that seems to go with me wherever I go to open to ideas, something wonderful happens. And the essence of that wonderful is I learn what makes me happy. I start to learn what makes me happy. Somebody said, when I'm not at peace, I, you know, whatever. Um, I have to learn what makes me happy because I forgot when I was a person. I thought a whole bunch of other stuff made me happy, particularly uh, withholding and being private. In our early lessons, he says, there are no private thoughts. And it turns out, it turns, and I've learned this in relationship, it turns out that whatever I'm thinking, uh, I'm going to manifest. And that's not going to be private to uh, whatever I'm around. You know, I, he says the benefit of the holy relationship is we learn that nobody can be fearful alone, nor can anyone solve his problems alone. 
and it turns out that um, when I'm unhappy, um, my holy relationship partner perceives that even before I do. Because why? Because I've withdrawn myself, withheld myself from creation and sat over here by myself entertaining a bunch of private thoughts. But I can't do that. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, there's such a... And Steve, you touched it just perfectly. And so did you, Karen. And so did you, Lana. And, and everybody I've heard today um, I, I want to I want to read this quote because it says it all to me. Ideas do not leave the mind which thought them to have a separate being, nor do separate thoughts conflict with one another in space, because they don't occupy space at all. However, human ideas can conflict in content because they occur at different levels and include opposite thoughts at the same level. But here's the thing, it's impossible to share opposite thoughts. It's impossible. The Holy Spirit does not let you forsake your brothers. Remember, the kingdom is perfectly united and perfectly protected and the ego will not prevail against it. The Holy Spirit doesn't let that happen. He says, then you are more than your brother's keeper. In fact, you do not want to keep him. You must learn to see him as he is and know that he belongs to God as you do. How could you treat a brother better than rendering unto God the things which are God's? Ideas don't leave the mind that thought them to become a separate thing. Human beings can conflict, but the Holy Spirit does not let you forsake your brothers. Therefore, you can only share the parts of your thoughts which are of him, which he also keeps for you, and of such as the kingdom of heaven. All the, re all the, all the rest remains with you until he has reinterpreted them in the light of the kingdom. Isn't that just beautiful? You know, I sit and I don't want this thought. I don't want this thought. I don't want to think this way of a brother. It hurts me. It hurts me to think this way. The Holy Spirit reinterprets those in the light of the kingdom, making them worthy, too, of being shared. Now, here's the really great idea I want to convey. When they have been sufficiently purified, he lets you give them away. The will to share them is their purification. We talk so much about purification and, and how do I let my mind be purified. But he says the will to share, the will to share is their purification. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Even when we acknowledge these thoughts of separation to each other, what we're really doing is throwing them up and throwing them out and letting them go. You know? And then he says in this reading, he says, you cannot welcome love alone. You cannot know love alone. You cannot know God alone. I had to learn because I was badly taught by my ego. I had to learn what makes me happy. And in point of fact, uh, to me, th this being of holiness that dwells within, 
is like a giant blazing campfire of welcome. And when I let it be what it is, I'm blessed by it. And this welcome, you know, we're all channels. This welcome extends as we share it and say, mm-hmm. welcome to my campfire. Am I okay? Mm-hmm. Um, You're fine. It's like that for me. I didn't know what made me happy. But when I participate with this campfire in welcome, um, it's just like he says, they bring love with them. And the love they bring with them, they don't leave with alone. The love they brought with them stays with you. And um, the little gap, we're going to get to that pretty soon, the little gap that seems to exist between my body and your body is nothing except that what uh, these thoughts that are not worthy of being shared fill that space. When the thoughts that I want to share in welcome take their place, the little gap disappears. And we discover that this capital self is brought to me whenever I open my campfire. And I thought I was all by myself in this place. But the sonship is my soul. And I didn't know that. For years and years and years, I I knew about oneness, but I didn't know what made me truly happy. And true happiness to me now is to share the blessing of this campfire. And when I do, um, joy abounds. You know, we used to sing a song when I was young. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know it's the spirit of the Lord. And every time we get together on this call or any time I welcome someone to my campfire, they bring that sweet, sweet spirit with them. And the walls that I thought separated me from another idea of God disappears and uh, no longer will I accept I won't accept anything less than that because it's too alone and that's all we're being asked to um, welcome now the words welcome and awareness and bringing love are just so potent in this reading. Where's the body now except to serve in giving welcome and sharing? And anytime we share, the ideas we share are purified. God is the purification. Sharing is the purification. Withholding keeps me alone. Sharing is heaven you know we don't have to wait for that Um, every time I share the campfire gets a little bit bigger and um, and its reach is just the extension of the mind of holiness through you know we're all channels for that and when I give it welcome it welcomes me and brings my capital self with me. 
and there's just no other way to be happy. And uh, to accept less than that is to put a limit on love. This lesson I bless the world because I bless myself is is nothing more uh, ornate or complicated than sitting at this campfire and realizing that it gives welcome to everything and that the essence of it is sharing. Uh, there are no private thoughts and there's nothing that opposes the will and love of God unless I withhold it myself. And when I do, I withhold it from myself. I didn't know that sharing is what made me happy, but um, thanks to this community, I've learned that. And uh, I just couldn't possibly be more grateful and complete. Thank you, Laurie. I want to, I'm urged really Lori. quick. I want to share something really quick uh, and simple is that I have recently been learning that there's a difference between body identification and body awareness. And the actual body awareness, as Eckhart Tolle says, is it can be the body itself and how I'm feeling. I can tune into that inner body and it's a portal. It's a communication device. My body can be a communication device for me and the spirit. And so I can tune into that inner, how do I feel? What does my body feel like? Can be used as a portal to joy and consciousness. I'm complete. Beautiful, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Thank you Steve. Larry. Sorry, that was beautiful. Thank you. Good morning, this is Sandra. And really quickly, I I bless the world because I bless myself, and I bless myself every time. <laughs> And I bless the world. Every time I bring my judgments to my Holy Spirit. And I, I definitely connect all feelings with judgments. And that can be good feelings and bad feelings. And there are no good or bad feelings. They're just feelings. And they, the feelings are there just for me to See, what am, I, what am I aligning with? Am I aligning with the truth of who I am, the truth of who God says I am, or, I am, or, or am I defining myself by what other people think of me or say about me or whatever? So every time I turn it over to the Holy Spirit and truly let go, and I can tell whether I've let go or not by the way that I feel, so if I'm feeling peace, then I've let go. I'm, I'm golden. When I turn it over to the Holy Spirit, the most important thing for me to do afterwards is do something fun for myself, to bless myself, because that just, it, it affirms that I've really turned it over. If I've turned it over to the Holy Spirit and yet I still feel a little anger, a little resentment, 
then I know I haven't completely turned it over and I got to turn it over again. And it's easier to turn it over when I turn it over and then go do something fun. <laughs> so uh, that's the connection I'm making with I bless the world because I bless myself. I'm complete. Because I'm not crucifying myself and going into victim mode. I'm going and doing something fun. Now oh, I'm complete. Complete. Oh, Sandra, that's that really a practical, helpful idea. Thank you for that. Yeah, oh, I agree, Sandra. Yeah. Jesus tells me to do what brings me peace, to do at any given moment, to do what brings me joy, to do what brings me happiness. Um, they're the gifts of the kingdom for us to enjoy. Thank you, Sandra. Good morning, it's Mindy. <clears throat> I have people not showing up for work, and I'm realizing that I really don't want to be doing yard work, housework, garage work. I want fun and friends and family and freedom. And so I'm going to bless myself with that today by swimming and doing a little bit of the gardening that I wanted to hire someone else to do and save myself some money. And, and uh, I, I just had that aha. So I'm going to bless myself with what I want to do. And, and that frees me from judging these people who aren't showing up because obviously they're doing what they want to do. And thank you for that because it makes me realize that this is not for my highest good. What I keep trying to push is not feeling natural. It's not feeling peaceful and um, not feeling joyful. So family, friends, felines, fun, fitness, finances, that's, that's all that I'm going to deal with. And I just wanted to say that I know we're near the end of the call, Lori, um, but we are um, recording. And I have a prelude to your poem in the form of one little verse of a song that you said the words to earlier. And if I may be honored and privileged to sing it, I would like to offer it. right before you're closing. <clears throat> Is that okay with you? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, go right ahead, Mindy. All right. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place and I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place, and I know I only need to speak a word, which is love. Oh, what a gift. Thank you, Mindy. Thank that you, Mindy. was so lovely. Thank you, Mindy. It sure was. Thank you. Thank you.
No, thank you, Mindy. <clears throat> well, <laughs> I've been uncertain. <laughs> uh, not really uncertain, but just wondering where is this? Where do I go um, to close this? And uh, it's always a I stand by and uh, a sentence that is very apt today says today we receive instead of plan that we may give instead of organize so again thank you and Thank you all for being here. Um, just a little bit of the original lesson that we're reviewing today. <clears throat> it says, uh, never believe that you can sacrifice. There is no place for sacrifice in what has any value. If the thought occurs, its very presence proves that the error that error has arisen and correction must be made. Your blessing will correct it. I think the way these thoughts get stuck is we judge. Seeing sacrifice, we form judgments and Demand, actually end up demanding sacrifice for sacrifice. And uh, the correction is <laughs> to replace that with blessing for everything. <laughs> and so, um, given first to us, it's now ours to give as well. No form of sacrifice and suffering can long endure before the face of one who is forgiven and has blessed himself. Now we are blessed and now we bless the world. What we have looked upon, we would extend, for we would see it everywhere. We would behold it shining with the grace of God in everyone. We would not have it be withheld from anything we look upon. And to ensure this holy sight is ours, we offer it to everything we see. For where we see it, it will be returned to us in form of lilies we can lay upon our altar, making it a home for innocence itself, who dwells in us and offers us his holiness as ours. And, uh, yeah, I'm complete. Oh, that was beautiful, Lemoyne. Just perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lemoyne. That was beautiful. 
Thank you, Lemoyne, and thank you for all you do every single day. Thank you. I echo that. Thanks, Karen. Well, I can tell you tales of <laughs> the doings on a ride, but uh, it's uh, um, yeah, it's not about the doing. It's it's taking a long time to sink in to get there. Anyway. Um, thank you all for being here. Thanks, everyone who read, listened, who shared, and expressed their gratitude for being here. Um, I'm going to end the recording now, not hang up on myself, <laughs> and we'll continue with the after call.